Dente Rigamortis presents Anime Rigamortis. I'm your host, Review Cultist, and this week I have... Hey, it's Adam from Roleplaying Exchange, or RPX, here to finish up anime. Ah, yeah. see what he did there? Yep. <laughs> we did it. We got to the end of anime. <laughs> now, we're, let's give him a little peek behind the cl- curtain here. I don't know if you're going to include this, but we have been playing games and doing stuff all day together so we've been we've we've kind of been podcasting for how many hours you that th- you think um, uh, let's see like three hours in the morning <laughs> then mm-hmm. like i think that last game thing was like four hours yeah so like about seven seven to eight hours today <laughs> seven eight hours so we're, we're a l- not as lucid as we should be but you know we'll, we'll make it work yeah yeah it is now actually we're now recording at an actual yeah, peek behind the ca- ca- curtain here, guys, for Aldente Rigamortis uh, as well. We usually record in the morning, but <laughs> this is the first time, I've, I think, in a while of actually recording at night. So, which is appropriate for the for the uh, the topic of of this week's anime Rigamortis. <laughs> More so than our view or listeners would realize, because this should have been on like Cinemax after hours. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is like I'm pretty sure like up here like okay so I uh, yeah what what are we talking about what what anime are we are we going to discuss and 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 dissect for horror elements right. I honestly blame myself for this and uh let's go ahead and throw out uh, a little bit of a, a warning here there is unfortunately a lot of mature content that we're going to be just kind of at least alluding to yes. in this episode from this anime so yeah, it's going to get kind of uncomfortable. We'll, we'll prep you before we get to the first uncomfortable scene, which yeah, is it, the first fucking minute of it. <laughs> it's skeevy. It's skeevier than more than most of our of the the creepy pastas we have handled on Aldente Rigamortis. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. this is my fault, guys, because I reckon I've mentioned in passing to review cultists. I was like, I've watched Wicked City as a child. <laughs> like, well, not a child. That makes it sound really bad. But I mean, I was <laughs> yeah. a teenager. Yeah. In your youth, in your in your uh, ill-gotten youth, <laughs> in my ill-gotten youth, and then twenty-five years later, I've returned, and goddamn, did things change in my views? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you you told me about this this one, like, oh, we should do it for El Dente Rigamortis and, and for Anime Rigamortis. I was like, okay, yeah, because I'd I'd heard about Wicked City um, <laughs> before, probably about a year or two ago, on a review show, uh, Brandon Tennell's. Uh, cult movie classic reviews mm-hmm. um he had done both the anime uh on his review show and also he had done a the live action hong kong adaptation um and both of them are really fucked up and weird <laughs> oh i demand uh, from what i recall and i do remember i i feel like i recall as a kid like in, a, in my teens seeing an advertisement for this being marathoned with a couple of other like like edgy dark animes um at like certain times of the year at like midnight on like the site on the space channel up here or um or on like a a certain on like uh maybe it was the independent movie network or the independent movie channel um up here uh so 
I had I'd heard about it in passing prior, but I'd never I've never actually sat down and watched the entirety of the movie until last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh so it's it's a trip. So it's it's edgy. Now it's Wicked City if we haven't already I think we've mentioned it, but it's it's important just to preface it again. It's Wicked City. Yeah. This movie came out, anime came out in I think nineteen eighty seven. Or, sure. or roughly around that. Mm. Yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, it was it was based off of the first book of a novel series by horror yeah. author Hideyuki uh, Kikuchi, which I apologize if I got that wrong, the pronunciation. Um, you and may not yeah, know the name, but you'll know the work that he's done. What other big things? Yeah, he's he... surprisingly prolific. When I look, when I when I Wikipedia him uh, today, um. He he's responsible for an entire like I think it's six or seven books in the Wicked City series, um, and the first the first uh, book uh, I think it's called Blackguard is the one that was adapted to an anime, um, and later the the live action movie. But uh, he's also prolific for doing things like Dark Side Blues, which I've never really heard of. Um, I've heard of Demon City Shinjuku, in passing. But the yeah. one that really stood out to me was Vampire Hunter D. He was responsible for writing the novels um, that eventually became the anime of that prolific anime series. Like I, I that one I was aware of throughout most of my anime, uh, mm-hmm. my, my early weeaboo um, career, I guess, like during college and stuff like that specifically. Um, it, it, it and Akira are yeah. pretty much the gold standard if you were in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he's a yeah he's a horror and, and fantasy author, and yeah, Wicked City was his was one of his um, children, I guess, or uh, literary children mm-hmm. that that became an anime series, uh, and that's what we're covering today. So, and indeed we are. So anyway, went ahead rewatched this as we were talking about. I'm digging for your notes right now because I'm going for timestamps. And okay, I don't but, have timestamps specifically on my. Oh man, well, I got a, I got like a uh, little Easter egg for you to go back and watch and see if it sounds right. But anyway, so it does not a nice little introduction, uh, where it's just showing the city landscape at the beginning of this anime, and it's going through a bunch of edgy shit. But to be honest with you, I didn't have my hearing aids in at the exact moment. I didn't have headphones on, so I missed everything that was said at the beginning. Oh, the, but it, you mean the monolo- the introductory monologue about Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh basically like society like we live in a society that's surrounded by concrete and electronics. Um we live in this ice cush, cuff, comfy like world of isolate of of uh of ignorance. Um when there's a world of darkness. <laughs> just beyond the veil and there's things in the there's things out there that go that run wild um yeah so basically it's like a whole it's like a sort of like we live in a modern society but just beyond our our reality there's a darker world out there um yeah that's the that's the the line which i guess uh, before we get ahead to ahead of yeah um i didn't realize i had heard that before <laughs> like mm-hmm. that whole monologue um, it's actually fr- uh, uh, the uh, the artist uh, Perturba- uh, Perturbator. That sounds really bad. Perturbator, um, yeah. who's a dark synth artist on, on Bandcamp. You can you can check out his stuff there. 
Um, one of my favorite albums, I Am the Night. What? Sorry? Mm. Human, humans are such easy prey is my favorite one that they did. <laughs> yeah. A prayer braider. He's a yeah. French synth artist, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's from France. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, I his the album I Am the Night is one of my favorite ones that he's done. Um, and I actually have Ross Payton from RPPR to thank for that because <laughs> mm-hmm. he I think he used one of the the, the songs from uh, for their for their World of Darkness um, discussion uh, podcast episode. Um, so many years ago. Anyway, um, at the end of the the uh, of the track Eclipse on I Am the Night. He just straight up borrows or like takes that that clip, like that audio clip uh, that is the monologue uh, at the beginning of Wicked City. Hmm. Um, and like, yeah, that even uh, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here because like that's the um, yeah, yeah that's that's the intro blurb. You get this like weird monologue about like kind of the premise of what's going on in the world of Wicked City, mm-hmm. and then world of darkness which is very invocative of the world of darkness books and vampire and all that so i don't know which one came to i don't know well, when world of darkness started but i'm sure this wasn't like a trademark thing but it yeah, definitely I, fits i believe world of darkness is came out of like the early 90s not the mid not so the late you, 80s so yeah you, you get an introduction to the bartender making small talk i can place him from the yeah. narrator and uh, yeah, he's meeting a woman. He's been kind of pretty. And as she walks out of the restroom, you see a hand. They meet up, go back to her place. Uh, he walks in a room, in her bedroom, and then he's surprised to see her pretty much stripping down completely naked for him for, uh, you know, pleasurable activities. And he's yeah. surprised. And that's what, what they, it kind of surprised me was that he was surprised. Like, he was invited up to this woman's place. She steps in the bedroom. He walks in there, and I mean, I don't know what he was expecting, yeah. but he was surprised. And then, all right, folks, Adam wrote timestamps. So at four minutes into this film, we have barely got past monologue. We have did the bar scene, and then it uh, cuts to a romantic uh, encounter between him and this woman. That we're not going to really. I'm not going to go into. It's a sex scene. Let's just, let's yeah, just, yeah. Let's, let's not yeah. beat around the bush. It's it's a sex scene. This the series. <laughs> this this movie has a couple of sex scenes in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so at four minutes we go over sex scene. It does this weird thing where the book never. I mean, the film never really tells you this, but apparently these creatures kind of got not get near birds. Did you catch that? Like there was a oh. dead bird in the cage. Yeah, I caught that. I didn't realize that they. Um... That that's like a tell. Yeah. It also, at the end of the film, like there's birds around the church that start dropping I, dead. Holy shit. Yeah, you're right. I didn't catch that. But yeah, I, I a, caught it. I caught the canary. I just thought like, oh, okay. Well, she's well, that actually, I, I, I just thought that like, okay, she, she lives in the, she's been living in this apartment. It hasn't been like keeping up with the pet and stuff like that. But it's like, no, that may wait. She just got, uh, she just switched. Yeah. With the person. So like, that, yeah, that actually makes a whole lot of sense now. Yeah, it's like a canary. It's almost like the canary in the whale kind of thing. Like they drop dead when they're around these creatures, apparently, because there's two instances of it. And I shit you not, folks. I think there's actually a third watch- case. Sorry. Oh, that's I fine. There was a, I thought there was a third case, like a second, like a, there's another time where like a bird, like, uh, like either like crashed into a window or something and died. It may have been on like the road scene or something. Like it, there may have been another 
Yeah. I I didn't pick up on it. But if you will watch, now we watched this on Tubi. It's, yeah. You can stream this for free, mm-hmm. probably in the future still. But at five minutes and 25 seconds, so the sex scene goes real wrong. Like, you know, he's on top of her, things were happening, and then she starts like transmorgifying or what do you want to call it, transforming into this like spider woman creature. And it gets really weird with that, right? But as it, yeah. he, she wraps her uh, legs around him and kind of squeezes his body next to hers. And it may be like the bed settling or some kind of like whatever, but at five minutes and 25 seconds, if you go back and watch that, it sounds like she squeezes a fart out of him. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm serious. I'm almost tempted. To, I almost wanted to start the episode was like, all right, go to 525. And then like, if I tell you that, you watch it, and she starts squeezing to hear you hear like that. Oh God, I didn't, I, I don't recall it, but I'll take your word for that. All right. Uh, uh, you know, like comment in the bottom. If you think that review cultists actually looked at this and looked for the fart, but it's there. Oh God. Yeah. She ends up and I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you here in a bit. We'll kind of uh, bounce around here, but she, apparently after this encounter and he gets free and she almost wounds him wounds him uh wounds him's probably (laughs) more accurate but uh it appears not explicitly stated that she was trying to get like a dna sample in a rather crude fashion we'll put it that way and she flees and he just watches her go and just huh it is thursday (laughs) yeah basically it's just like huh well it's a good thing I'm a, I'm actually a, an agent that deals with this kind of shit all the time. Otherwise, I'd be rolling sand chicks right about now. Mm-hmm. And then, boom. I think they actually... No. Yeah, around this time, they actually hit you with the title of, yeah. of the film, finally. Um, what about... What do we learn after that? Um, so after that, we learn that Taki, who is the, uh, the man... Uh, he, he has a, uh, he, he works as a, on a, his front job is that he's a electronics salesman, uh, in an office. And, uh, it's just a cover for what he actually is, which is an, he's a, a black guard, which is a, an agent who does various kinds of like espionage and, and other kind of like agent missions sort of stuff. Uh, when dealing with the other side, the black world, which is this other dimension where these demon creatures kind of come from, um, and apparently they have a, they have a, they've been with, they've been, we've we've known about them for ye- like for years, like for centuries, um, as different things throughout our history, and we ha- there's sort of like a a, a secret world um, sort of. Um, uh, compatico like like they some of them are good some some of them want to live peacefully and others don't uh, others don't want to live so peacefully um and it's sort of like an almost like an interdimensional international sort of situation <laughs> mm-hmm. um between these between these other worlders and and the and the human world um and taki uh after getting like chastised by like three or four different people about his 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 rough night <laughs> yeah um including his boss <laughs> mm-hmm. um he he gets put on a mission to um uh to escort this this uh this very important man um 
for Giuseppe. peace talks that are going on. What? I think Giuseppe or something like that was his name. Yeah, it's um, uh, something Giuseppe. Uh, I wish Which I is, actually... is that is that Italian? It is Italian. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, where's hang on cast? Uh, yeah, it's uh Giuseppe Mayart is right. the um is uh is the ca- is the character. Um, wow. Are okay. Sorry for a second. I I was looking at like um uh. Oh wow! They they sorry. This I'm, just I'm, him. I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm re- so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Wikipedia folks for for Wicked City and looking at the cast and stuff. They changed all. Of, there's an English dub done in 1993 by Manga UK that completely changes all the names of the characters. <laughs> so huh. Ta- Taki is now Stuart Miller. Um. Uh, Machia is Tammy Holloway, uh, and Giuseppe Mayert is George Lightwood, Littlewood. <laughs> Just uh, we kn- oh, wow. bizarre. That is so weird. Yeah. Okay. Actually, let's let's talk about the translation stuff a little bit because I feel like there might be some kind of translation thing afoot in this, like more so than you normally see with like English to uh, to or English uh, translations for dubs and stuff. Um, because like mm-hmm. earlier, we'll take a step back from like his. We're, we're learning about Taki and his job and stuff like that. Back at the like uh, when the spider lady like leaves his uh, the apartment and such, she she says like, "I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. the The woman I impersonated is just sleeping over in that bar. She's not been. She I didn't kill her. And I was like, um, I'm pretty sure you killed her. I, I don't <laughs> like, know I'm if I trust sure. it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's dead in that bathroom, just based on the shot that we got of like her arm like twitching, like in the uh, and like and I thought there I thought there was might have been some blood or something like that on the on the ground. But you can't do that to the protagonist. So this is our white yeah. knight and all that. And if he if the woman he was kind of pining away for was killed inadvertently because of him, and you know he didn't mention it for the rest of the film, he would be a shithead. Yeah. Well, and then there's a second time that this happened that I noticed it, where it just seemed like the dialogue seemed really weird. Like I was like, why? Why would they do this? Like, because there's a part where, like, later in the movie, when they're at the at the hotel, and there's an explosion, and the one character like loses his arm, like it just rips off, and he just like grabs onto his arm, like, oh, and he's like dying, or is like like severely injured from losing an arm. And then Taki asks if he's okay. He's like, yeah, they just got the false arm. Keep going. I was like, um, I'm. I don't think that was a false arm. Like I, I don't. I'm kind. I, I have not watched the original Japanese version, like to get the subtitles and stuff of that. I have not mm-hmm. read any of the book or the manga or anything like that to see if, like, this if there's a difference. But just based on like what goes on in this movie and some of the translation, like some of the dubbing, it just seems like that it was for strangely censored on like graphic death or damage <laughs> that people inf- are inflicted with. Possibly. Specifically, the human bodies or the human people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good possibility. It's it, there's a it definitely feels kind of disjointed throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. Maybe um, I'm kind of judging it by modern anime standards too. I, I, mean, yeah. I never picked up on anything when I was 16. Of course, you know, rich, <laughs> rigorous watching then. But. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So he gets yeah he gets put on this case to escort uh giuseppe uh because he's integral to peace talks that are happening between the black world and the the human world uh and 
and he's got a partner. Um, he's been assigned a partner for this mission that is a, a Black Worlder agent. So they're on that side of things. Um, yeah. So sort of like your standard kind of like cop movie kind of thing where it's like they're getting uh, an, they're getting they're getting a partner who's um, who's like on the on the other side of things sort of or like uh, it's like Beverly Hills Cop or like all those Actually, kind of movies. I, like, I made a note that it, it reminded me of Rush Hour, but instead of it just being Chris Tucker, Jack, it, I, just imagine <laughs> Rush Hour if Chris Tucker wanted to fuck Jackie Chan. That's yeah, pretty exactly. much Wicked City. It, it's like Rush Hour or Lethal Weapon, <laughs> like where they get partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 very it's a very trope. It's a it's a it's a very well used trope among like buddy cop movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they. We get to the airport. Oh god, the airport scene. Uh, Why yeah, so was we get he to the- on the fucking runway? Let's start there. <laughs> yeah. So like- we, yeah. So the next thing we cut to is that air is the is the airport um like airstrip, and <laughs> and Taki's just like walks into this fog on the airstrip, and these two other agent guys who are enemies show up, and they begin fighting while planes are coming in and landing. <laughs> And and nobody says shit. <laughs> no, nope. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, but we after like during that fight, we find that these these two agent guys are are black worlders because they start going the thing, <laughs> like mutating mm-hmm. into horrible monsters and using tentacles and and jaw like protrusions out of their chests to uh to try and trap uh mock or trap Taki, uh, and then. Um, Machia appears. Uh, uh, the uh, his part, his new partner, uh, and is revealed to be a woman, uh, from the Black World with like creep with or not creepy, but like with like super extended like fingernails that can like cut through anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, never throughout the course of any of this appeared to be anything but humanoid. Yeah, yeah. She that the only thing that's weird about her in this entire thing is that she has these um like super long sharp claws that she can manifest from her uh from her fingernails that's about it she can create mm-hmm. a side blade or like she can create a blade of some of some sort uh and yeah and, she dispatches the agents and introduces herself to taki um mm-hmm. and then they're waiting for giuseppe to get off his flight and <laughs> and then they they the, the the airplane that they that they're waiting for they can see it it just blows up and there's a horrible like dramatic scene of like oh god like so many people for one man like how could they do this and then it, it it's revealed that giuseppe's right next to them watching the whole thing because he took an earlier flight because he expected this mm-hmm. and it it cuts to like goofy whimsical music while there's a fucking plane disaster going on outside <laughs> they're like oh these people are dead for blah 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 and they're mooring and then you <laughs> get <laughs> wow yeah, it looks you... like we got us like like fucking master roshi style like pervy <laughs> old man <laughs> Like he kind of looked like Gizmo from Gremlins if he had the mange. Like was... yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like if Master Roshi like got into the into the the teleporter with 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 Gizmo and mm-hmm. like from the fly and just like yeah. came out mixed together. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Oh, and God. then it keeps moving on. But you forgot the most eighties uh, thing okay. about the entire airport scene. There's two things you forgot. One, our main hero has a gun that eight out of ten times that he shoots it will slam him into any surface like cracking concrete and denning metal fences. 
There's oh, once or twice yeah. she shoots that and it doesn't happen. And I noticed you, anime. And the other thing that caught my attention is that as it shows the actual airport after the big fight outside, the announcer go, like, you hear, like, a PA kind of going off in the airport. And it's like, would the owner of a maroon station wagon please blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, 80s. I remember yeah. the station wagon. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, no, I, I definitely have a note for the gun because it comes up more prevalently. Because in in the in I can get oh, so there's some certain things about this about humans in this game in this anime that come off really weird. Like I can I can I can get behind him like because if you notice, see every time he goes to fire that gun, he tries to like support himself <laughs> mm-hmm. before he fires because <laughs> it's like the fucking little cricket, the noisy cricket from Men in Black, but on steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like it's it's much bigger and much bulkier than the than the little noisy cricket. Um, but it has no way the same that he can lock it. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, but the, yeah, it has the same kind of like charging blast that that uh, that the noisy cricket does. And yeah, like in in the airport scene, the airplane scene, I can I can get that he like he's he's hiding behind he's he's standing in front behind that sorry he's standing behind chain link fence and firing it and like you can see that the chain link fence bent out like bent back with the the concussion i can get behind that but later in the movie he's like hiding behind like he's standing in front of a wall and he just breaks through a wall a a concrete and cinder block wall and he's (laughs) fine (laughs) like he's he doesn't seem hurt or like broken any bones from doing that yeah and sometimes he shoots it and it's normal like hey yeah he it's it's so bizarre like there's a little bit of incongruity there, and then also just like humans are apparently just superhuman in this anime, mm-hmm. um, and it is also something that comes up actually in the um, the, the Hong Kong live action from based on the, the review I watched, where it's just like these are supposed to be humans, but they definitely exhibit superhuman capabilities. Yeah, <laughs> like these aren't supposed to be the Black Worlders, yet they are acting like weird supernatural beings, but they're they're human. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. <laughs> As the um, uh, as the yeah, story so, is going to progress, you're actually we end up finding out that the the guard is taking Giuseppe, Giuseppe or whatever his name is to uh, a hotel that is supposed to be warded. It's a hotel. It's like almost like a house is between a couple of beer. It's really weird looking. Yeah, like this it, um, yeah, it's it's basically a like um, uh, a nice sort of traditional like uh, set like manor setup. Um, that's like locked into like the courtyard uh, of like a more mo- a much more modern like apartment complex or hotel complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those actually do exist too in Japan. <laughs> like well, they've got like these cool. like these got these, these little like little patches of traditional um, residence in like a very high end like high high modern uh, locale. Okay. So. Um. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're going to this place. It's 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 warded. They got they had a wage mage come in and ward the place. <laughs> or uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they used they used they they used like uh, psychic ley lines or something to uh, to so that uh, no black worlders could get in. Um, uh, and the only reason that Maki is able to make it in is because she's um, been training as a blackguard for like the last right, for for a while. So she's like got the training to like withstand the. The, the the psi waves that are give, the, the the hotel is giving off, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, Giuseppe is his pervy little self the whole time. 
this like oh, yeah. weirdly comic relief, like pervy man. <laughs> comic is a strong word, but it was it was different. <laughs> Com- comedic, like I, I mean, like comic relief, like just like compared to all the like everybody else is acting kind of serious, and then there's just Good this point. like weirdly cartoonish compared to everyone else. Um, yeah, I, like little man. <laughs> so, so yeah, we've pretty much got this set up to where you know. Uh, she's very if you had we didn't mention it but the, the one from the guard the female uh agent from uh, the yep. other side is she's um in her american american in her earth job she's like a beautiful supermodel and stuff like that so we're gonna put that out there because it comes up again and again and again yeah. and basically the man uh, our taki is sitting in the lobby with uh the man who works at the hotel playing chess while well, she's stuck up in the uh, hotel room with him looking at magazines or escorts the entire time. And yeah. that was our nice little pervy scene there. <laughs> nice little pervy scene. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh there is a little bit. Well, if she can get in there, obviously the others can too. I mean, that's pretty much telegraphed. And there, as this game of chess is going on, and I kind of like the the image that like there's this grand, like not a grandfather clock, but there's this clock ticking away on the wall, and you see like like a like a lightning bolt or something like that go up the side of it, and all that, which is kind of our hint that they're getting ready to uh, breach the hotel. Yeah, yeah, there it, it's it's shown like I think in the first like lobby scene. You see, like, but then no one notices it, and then, like, I think Taki notices it while he's playing chess with the uh, with his with his old friend, um, and who who again starts fixating on like the beauty and and uh, sensuality of of the of the black world women and stuff like that. It's like what, like different time, <laughs> and 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 definitely um, a demographic is de- is very blatantly being um, focused on <laughs> in this yeah. movie. Definite like adolescent male gaze. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, then the uh, the 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 electricity kind of builds up on the on that clock, and uh, one of the black worlders gets into the into the um, uh, gets into the hotel. Uh, there's a fight. Um, again, cue the the part where like the guy, uh, the uh, the older uh, friend of of Taki, his arm gets blown off in in the fight. But apparently it's a false arm, so he's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um and then yeah, and then um while they're still recovering from the fight there, um this this other agent uh this other this radical, I think is what they call them, the mm-hmm. um the black world radicals. Um he he gets up to uh to where uh Giuseppe is and Giuseppe's uh, like hiding, and then Machia's there, and they know each other, like Machia and this radical. And he he like kind of overpowers her and again we have a kind of forced creepy sexy scene going on yeah um uh and i think yeah and then but machia like gets the upper hand at like near the at the end uh, after after a little while and then taki shows up with his gun and blasts the guy away um mm-hmm. and then they find out uh when they go to check on giuseppe that he has um escaped through the window of the uh bathroom <laughs> Um, Ooh, I, to, yeah, I was gonna say I missed a note here. Oh, uh, the clock in the hotel as they're sitting down to play chess, and you see the lightning boat, that little electrical like line go through it. 
they mentioned, we're just here to kill some time. God and I, just, I, I wondered if it was like intentional. It like, here's a clock and kill some time. It just, I noticed these like little odd, odd things in the film that I just wonder if I'm looking too hard or I mean, if. It, sorry. Seems like it could be intentional, but I don't know. I, I feel like you're, you're onto something because it, it does feel like it's intentional. Um, like this movie, uh, this movie has a rep had a reputation for me. Like I I knew about it like from reputation like prior to like us like actually like me actually sitting down and watching it, mm -hmm. and I was expecting it to be just like nothing but like sex scenes and stuff like that. But as like as I kept watching it, it's like this actually has like this actually feels just like a basically a a mature, um, movie plot. <laughs> like it's it's yeah not just about this like the sex scenes and stuff like that. I mean that's a focal point because again the demographic they're focusing on but there's an actual plot line and an actually interesting setting here <laughs> yeah and it's um, honestly we're gonna get it, it gets objectionable at this point and i made notes of it from the scene where there's this assault going on in the hotel yeah. to pretty much where uh well i don't want to say too much before we get ahead of it but there's about uh, 26 to 30 minutes at this point to where it's going to be uncomfortable. It's yeah. like one fucked up thing after another. Yeah. Until like the, you get past it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I didn't mean to kick you any off. No, um, I'm, I'm cool. Um, yeah. Like the first half of this movie, you, we, we haven't seen much. And then the second half is really where they just kind of like throw open the doors to like some really weird and, and skeevy things going mm -hmm. on with this. Like, um, Let's just kind of yeah. Let's just kind of run down this like plot a little bit quick. Uh, like yeah. we'll, we'll skim through it a little. Yeah. So um, yeah, Pervy Man Lee uh, escapes. They have to hunt him down. Uh, they find him at a brothel. Um, yep. And he gets. Uh, it turns out one of the uh, one of the Black Worlders uh, has infiltrated it and um, attempts to assimilate him into her bosom, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like she, he starts like yeah he starts just like melding into her while he while they're while they're having sex, um, and. Taki and Maki appear. They they free him, but he's horribly, but he's but he's been drained of his life essence from the the incident. So they have to get him to um uh, to some kind of to to a hospital or something like that. So they're starting to drive him out to uh, a place out of out of Tokyo. Um, but he starts reacting violently to something in the car. So they they stop off, and he hawks up this thing that he had like they hinted at it um, that he had like. While he was sucking the girl's tit, <laughs> um, that something like he he like sucked up something, and it turns out to be this creepy little worm thing, um, and it starts like going like they they try to they try to uh, slash at it, um, or Makia tries to slash at it to get rid of it, but it ends up like getting into her, um, and then it grows to this horrible grotesque worm like tentacle thing. And this, I think, is like the one of the first big issue, like big skeevy like moments, like more. I'd say it's the most obtrusive, at least, like up uh, as at this. Point. It's very graphically depicted. Yes, yeah, it's it's a lot more graphically depicted than I think anything else we've seen so far in the movie. And yeah, it's basically it starts forcing like a tongue down her throat and like just yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. It's 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 tentacle rape. Yeah, it's um, it's very much that. And then it, there's this weird thing that they do with that and. Again, maybe uh, maybe I'm looking too deep, but it, it, there was like a time barrier, some dilation that was going on where 
they couldn't get away from this creature. But whenever it gets her, it they that's their opportunity to leave. And with Giuseppe being injured, Taki takes him and leaves her. And it's almost like you see this gigantic worm creature standing upright, like with her wrapped her wrapped around it. And it almost looked like Jesus on the cross kind of thing. Like it, it it's like it's, she was she was literally being sacrificed for. Yeah for him and it, it i don't know if that was like me reaching or if that kind of was she was almost cross-like well that come that that theme does come up a lot in this movie or like the iconography comes up a little bit in this movie yeah so um i i, I could see it to a degree like i i didn't really catch it my when i watched it but um I, I definitely I could see I could I could definitely see that being a, a case of just like them using that kind of iconography um but yeah so i think she yeah i think like the the worm thing or something like they the black worlders put her put them in like a time like a time freeze bubble or something or like put them out of phase and then like mm-hmm. when the whole horrible worm thing starts happening to, to uh, makia she likes cuts part of herself to like release some kind of energy and that's what like disrupts the 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 bubble and allows for taki and and uh, Gi- uh and giuseppe to uh, to escape, uh, leaving her in the clutches of the black of the uh, yeah. of the black worlders, and things move really quick at that point. Like they end up going to like what a clinic or a hospital, or it was some yeah. other kind of safe house that they went to. Yeah, another and... like safe house out in the in the in the mountains, um, mm-hmm. where uh, where Giuseppe can can heal, and he's he's a very hardy human. Apparently, he's human, <laughs> which yeah. you really wouldn't know if you looked at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he he's gonna he's gonna be fine within like half an hour, <laughs> like from his injuries. Um, and, and then we get this really perhaps the weirdest surrealist scene in the one of two in the entire entire cartoon. And what it is is like they've made it to this place where there's other members of the Black Guard and so forth, and they've got Giuseppe being looked at and uh, Taki's outside, and then all of a sudden. They're saying, "Oh, they can't penetrate this place. They can't get to it, and all that." And then somehow the the radicals manage to kind of breach it to a degree. And there's this red light. It's in the sky, and it shines down an image. And it almost looks, it's very voyeuristic kind of image. It's uh, on the ground in front of him and all the people around him of yeah. of her in the cr- in the clutches of this a withering creature and all that and um hmm yeah she's being yeah no it's it's but, yeah, let's, let's it's, not let's not, not again, good. Let's not, yeah let's not beat around the bush yeah she's being torture raped effectively yeah um yeah this is the, again very uncomfortable like movie like nowadays and probably back then as well but like more so nowadays yeah um uh and yeah, uh, the the this yeah, basically they have her. They're gonna be torturing her like this, um, and they they're basically goading Taki to uh, to uh, to come rescue her because uh, for for reasons like because like they're playing on his like romanticism and like his uh, like his kind of um, uh, chivalrousness yeah. to try and like like br- like break uh, break away from from his uh, his command and and go and rescue Machia. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like the, even Giuseppe appears at this point, like completely recovered, 
And he's like, you're not going. If you go that way, like you like you'll be out of the blackguards. And so I will like he's just being all like a, di- a complete dick. Uh, like, yeah. I would be like, I don't, oh, well, she maybe she was a little bit looser with me, but she wouldn't have this issue. It's like fucking ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, but, like a big a, a big character change in him, too. Yeah. Like he suddenly gets like a lot more like ser- like a little bit more dour and a lot more like kind of in charge rather than his like kind of comedic jovialness like lecherous yeah. jovialness um and, and he leaves and he drives out to rescue her they and i mean it gets yeah it gets kind of strange at that point is there anything else you wanted to mention about that particular scene no um i think i think that yeah i don't have a whole lot to say about the like that part other than like yeah they just basically like they can't get into like the shrine or like that that hospital thing where they are, but they can apparently, but they they were able to like basically put, project a message to them. Like it's like, mm-hmm. hey, we have we have a hostage kind of situation. We know that one of you is going to want to come out here, and you should come out here for reasons. Yeah, and so that's that's about like at the forty three minute mark. So yeah, quick transition. He drives there, walks into their lair, and uh, it. It's a very uncomfortable oh, depiction yeah. of what's happening, and perhaps that is the worst of all of it, in my opinion. Is yeah, what's it's, like it's, the torture that she's going through. It is probably the worst, like scene, the like the skeeviest of scenes that happens because it's yeah, it's just uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it gets pretty, it gets pretty bad. And then here's the most bizarre thing about it. So you walk in there, it's this brutalizing kind of horrible thing main bad guys there and there's this other uh creature a woman there he's like well we'll they're talking about wanting to interrogate interrogate him and he it goes we're going to interrogate your body or something like that and it sounds real sexual and she drops off her clothes and steps toward him and then in the most bizarre like edit like not oedipus uh freud would go fucking buck wild on this bullshit yeah like it's almost like her stomach up to her like like her whole chest cavity just mm-hmm. basically morphs into this pulsing. This is a phrase I never thought I would say. <laughs> uh, pulse. I wrote it on a sheet of paper I, on my Google notes here. This is the first time I've ever put these three words together in my life. Pulsing chest vagina, which is yep. what she basically has. And it, it like lures him into a, God, it could have went so wrong with this scene, but I think it just more or less hypnotizes him. Yeah, it just uh, hypnotizes him, like trying to like in, like bring him into it, and then there's this really disgusting like white liquid stuff that just kind of like like li- just like a static image of like white liquid drooping down like over the screen <laughs> while he's like in like while his like he's in the trance, and then he's but like but he's not he's not quite fallen for it completely because he he slowly motions to get his gun out and then blasts her away. Mm-hmm. Um. Thankfully, getting us out of that 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 uncomfortable scene. <laughs> yep. Um, he, and he yeah, just pretty much blasts everybody else altogether, right? I mean, it, there was two goons beside that that uh, he quickly dispatches, and mm-hmm. I know he takes out the main guy. I can't remember how he, he did it. There he was... mor- the the main guy morphs into like he he actually takes the remains of the people that were killed into himself, becomes this like stone warrior type character. And uses like elbow spikes that he can grow like in- incredibly long, and like stabs Taki in the ch- in the stomach. 
Um, but then Taki is able to blast him um, at like the last minute and um, and and defeats him. And then he does this. He says the stupidest fucking thing in the entire movie. And that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he walks up to, to, to Makia after like she's been brutalized and such like that. Um, and like goes to give him her give her his coat. And is like, are you OK? <laughs> and she replies. Yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, that is not the response you need to give. For this. Yeah. <laughs> you are not okay based on what happened the last five minutes. I, I can't remember what movie it was, but I, it reminds me, what you're saying reminds me of some scene where somebody asked this dude, like, are you okay? He goes, I am far from fucking okay. I just... Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's what she should have, should have said. Like, it's like, oh, she's Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay, that was... makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it was the, the Marcel Swallow scene, oddly enough. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's it's super bizarre, and then things get a little like there's some more imagery. Now this 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 anime is very uh, you know deep, like, or at least attempts to be and so forth. But as uh, as well, yeah, atmospheric and moody. Like surprisingly, again, I was not expecting. Um, like I feel like a lot like this is this is late '80s anime like artwork or art like art piece um mm-hmm. like for all the backdrop stuff like all the all the settings and like and like um like all the cityscapes and the the locations and stuff like that they're all beautifully rendered for yeah. like peak at 80s peak 80s anime atmosphere um and it's just so weird compared to like all the pervy shit that's going on in this movie yeah so and as her relationship is starting I mean, he was saying to officer at the beginning because she's, you know, from the other side and so forth. And then after yeah. this horrible thing happens and he goes against orders and rescues her, there's this scene of a, a lone light bulb dangling from the, ce- the ceiling, uh, illuminated, and there's a moth that keeps, like, like circling it and, and all. And, I mean, very, obviously very symbolic of, uh, you know, a moth to the flame kind of, like, attraction going yeah. on between the two of them. Yeah, because she's also like, like, yeah, she's sitting next to him and like healing, psychically healing his wound, like that he got from the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we cut to like they're driving, they're on the road again. God, <laughs> sorry, that's no. not so. <laughs> on road um, again. Yeah, uh, so they're they're driving and like they're they're talking and then like they go through a tunnel. And then oh, Giovanni just a, hmm, sorry. You're like, skipping. They they end up going back to the. Oh, you're right. To yes, the place. you're right. Yeah, and okay. then that's basically what I want your badge and your gun kind of scene. Except they <laughs> didn't take his gun. And gun <laughs> and your demonic <laughs> fingernails. <laughs> but uh, they they give the I'm very disappointed in you, son, kind of speech to them. Yeah, and both of them are basically shamed, and they leave the compound, and they're not needed anymore. Yeah. And that's when we get to what you were talking about. So, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. At that point, like they're like kind of wondering like, well, what are we going to do now? Like we're both like kicked out of the, our agencies and shit like that. And I was like, I don't know. And then Giovanni's there, like just appears behind, like in their, in their back seat. Um, Giovanni or Giuseppe? Or sorry, Giuseppe sorry. Giuseppe? It's, it's Giuseppe. It's yeah. Sorry. I said Giovanni, <laughs> the two Italian G names. <laughs> and then there was Leonardo and Michelangelo. <laughs> Donatello. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they're driving through, like they're like that's 
pops up or that, that little guy pops up again and then webbing starts like um uh hitting their windshield and like because the spider lady's back because spoilers the villain's not dead yet mm-hmm. <laughs> um and he was working with the spider lady from early from all the way back earlier in the movie uh so she she ends up like fighting them or and like kind of getting them into like into her her ploy and then just as she's like about to like fully kill them completely she gets killed i think by her by the villain i think she's seppi yeah 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 it was like a lightning blast struck her and like tore the uh the two unconscious characters know is that they are and then and then the door opens up and giuseppe's there and it turns out that the the peace talk stuff like giuseppe was not actually the the target the, this entire time it's actually been taki and machia because there's been a bunch of like secrets and lies in in the conspiratorial things going on and uh, that are revealed by Giuseppe that like for centuries the dark the black world and the and the human world have been trying to like basically um form a bond like trying to like basically um uh create a hybrid of the two um for centuries and this is the closest we, they've come this time around is between Taki and Machia um and the radicals don't want to have that happen so they've actually the whole time they thought that they were protecting uh giuseppe but giuseppe was actually an agent protecting them yeah from all this weird shit um and then that's when the villain uh makes himself known again uh by like having tentacles rip out of a uh a statue of like of of mother mary (laughs) i think it's i think it's mary right yeah i believe it was mary the virgin mary yeah, it just like just comes crumbling out, which I actually really liked that imagery. It was actually a really cool, like creepy uh, scene. Um, All of the church scene is yeah, that- like it's it's just the the twenty six minutes from the first assault to the other that you got to get through because yeah, uh, to get <laughs> that cool part, you got to get through a gauntlet of skeezy of squeezy like just not comfortable like there's visceral horror. And then there's this, yeah. Um, and yeah, if you can get past that, then you get the, the, some really good, interesting scenes. But like, yeah, and then Giuseppe starts fighting the mon- the guy, and then um, Taki tries to help him out. They get up on the roof of the church. Um, the guy uses a weird shadow magic or something, and like basically like has Giuseppe get shadowed into like sink into his shadow world. Um, mm-hmm. And then he uses his tentacles to like kind of just start eating away at Giuseppe through his, while he's in this molasses like shadow world. Mm-hmm. Um and then he attempts to do the same thing with with Taki. Um but uh but Giuseppe manages to actually have survived again completely human guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, manages to like grab onto this dude uh the guy and like rip off his leg. <laughs> um and then we like just as things are like looking a little bit dour for or dire for Giuseppe and Taki, uh, Machia reveals herself at the top of the of the church tower, um, and she just goes into the like for this like this she looks completely radiant and and angelic and just basically cuts this guy down. Um, uh, they're alluding to this weird thing too because so yeah. she cuts him down and it's over. But what what we've failed to mention oh, you're right is that there that. is uh there is the most tasteful sex scene of the entire film. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a tasteful in, sex scene. <laughs> yeah, in the in the church. So they have like as they were healing in the scene earlier to this, they they wake up. They were basically killed. 
it, it, yeah. the, the story even says that they were dead and uh, Giuseppe resurrected them. Mm-hmm. But um, the, while they're together, and it, it almost looks like it's this otherworldly like place between the realms, like they, uh, their love is finally consummated. And it's, yeah. and when it's over, like she's like has nothing but like a white white towel or a sheet cast around her. And there was this weird thing I wanted to talk to you about that. Sure. Is well, we'll we'll, we'll go back to that. But yeah, so they've there was a union between the two of them, and then it's the simple fact that she's pregnant gives her these superpowers that like. That's the the impression I got. That, like they could yeah. look at her and tell that there was a bun in the oven. As <laughs> that's what literally Giuseppe, stated, yeah. literally yeah. said by Giuseppe. Thank yeah. the most the subtlest of of individuals. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he's he's getting all like excited and stuff like that, and like, um, and yeah, she's she's got these powers now as a result of like, um, of having being pregnant now. And I, I, this might also be like uh, that, I, like from the review I watched of Wicked City a couple, like a year or two ago. But I, I do like um, uh, the facial expression that Taki gives of like when he finds out that she's she uh, that he he knocked her up basically, like she, she's impregnated. It's just like that, uh yeah. <laughs> like no, it, it, it lay it, it it lingers on his face that uh, with that expression for a while. <laughs> I can't say shit, man. Like apparently, when when my wife told me that uh, we were pregnant, we I was, we weren't pregnant. She was pregnant. Let's be clear yeah. on that. I don't. I think it's stupid. Like, oh, we're pregnant. No, we're not. She is. But uh, my wife told me uh, that she took a pregnancy test, and I, apparently, I've made a complete like I was in the uh moment, and I go, "What did it say?" <laughs> like she would, you know introduce like say anything to me if there wasn't like a positive result but you know so he's got this i can sympathize i've been there he's dumbstruck but also they're not supposed to be able to crossbreed like yes. that i don't like wording it like that but they're, yeah, i know it's there's no way or like how do you what else do you say though <laughs> that's yeah. basically what it is um yeah they they basically yeah they're not supposed to um they're not supposed to be compatible yeah, um, but apparently they've been apparently like the shadow organizations have been like trying to find a compatible match for centuries, and this is the closest they came, and it has bore fruit as uh, as uh, to to be a little bit subtler than than Giuseppe. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, uh, it's weird. Like it's it everything goes quick, and you don't even really have any other scenes past that. Like. Back, a person struck down shows her as being radiant, mm-hmm. and then we return back to that narration. Well, uh, yeah, no, because there's a, well, actually there's a, a part where like he's like going to walk away from her because oh yeah, that's right. How he could he love a, a black worlder? As like, what the fuck are you doing, Taki? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, or Taki. Uh, it's just like, and then and then he has a complete like he he turns around. It's like, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I, I love you, sort of thing. Um, really kind of awkward and weird, <laughs> like sort of like you're a little you're a little too um uh like noncommittal there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it yeah then uh you like I said it cuts away to like uh to a monologue of of him again, and you see him like doing like doing some agent work like he's like cautiously going through like a like a, a building or something, and it's like well 
my little one or like uh my, my kid uh, my kid uh is still too young to save the world so until he until they're uh they're old enough i've got to keep up on the streets and do what i do best and that and then like it cuts to him like pointing his gun and shoot and firing uh, at something that we don't see yeah which obviously you get to it's well here's the thing like i've i've watched this thing obviously obviously it has some issues with women in it but there's this weird little moment there in the whole like there's this transformation and that happens in that church scene that like she's wore a suit, a black suit the entire time. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's swathed in a white cloth and looking very uh, more well, and feminine even, and stuff like bef- that. Yeah. I think even before that, um, like when, after Ataki saves her from the, you know, the brutalization and the, the villain the first time, um, they they stop by a like a uh, like a fashion oh. shop or store or something like that. and she in and like you see like a pe- a piece of the glass has been cut by her fingernails and like uh-huh. put to the side and she's like gone and like stolen a dress <laughs> from a store yeah. and she just like she like how do I look and it's like you just like that you should not be okay <laughs> like I know you're a fucking like interdimensional being or something like that but you should still yeah. not be okay after that. Um, but yeah she goes all like kind of girly it's like how do i look and stuff like that and it's like oh god yeah it's it's you know it's this whole transition i mean like she's went from uh she goes from the uh you know very strong person then she takes up the archetype like she's brutalized over and over again it's almost like like you know like you've got the virgin and the whore kind of thing going on but and then is then she also has that cute uh, wearing a dress thing, and then at the end of it, she's swathed in this white, uh, pure sheet, and and very, uh, I guess, motherly. It's like yeah. she, like, that's the only way. It's I couldn't figure, I couldn't put my thumb on. There was, I don't know, it wasn't like a very clear transition, but like he doesn't change clothes. He either has them or he don't. Yeah, he, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was it was bizarre. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, uh, other notes I have. The uh, sex scene sound. It's like I don't know what, what. Apparently, when you're having sex between worlds in a church, it sound it's a soundtrack as an organ playing while it's being while it's stuck in a wind tunnel. That was the most bizarre <laughs> sounds like soundtrack for any kind of romantic scene whatsoever. Just like creepy phantom of the opera organ and then kind of bizarre yeah no for sure (laughs) like again like kind of on like um again to reiterate this has a very pervy movie in terms of like when it does do sexy and stuff and like i mentioned earlier it it does it's definitely centered toward a the the young male demographic Mm -hmm. um because if you like one thing for some reason i noticed i I was like noticing it and like i don't know what this says about me but it's like huh they're really working hard to conceal the male genitalia and like they they rarely show like even like female uh the female stuff unless it's like monstrous (laughs) yeah like like there's that's okay apparently woman yeah like but like i mean like even like when, when like the regular like the 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 soft 
the softly censored sex scenes that happen because there's a bunch of sex scenes that do happen, but they're either oddly censored, like when it comes to like showing down there. Yeah. Um, and like nothing's really ever shown on like the more human anatomy stuff, but it's not until they turn into monsters that, oh yeah, we could totally show like a giant teethy, like maw, come, like between, between a girl, between the spider lady's legs. Or yeah. again, like you said, the, the chest. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just like, what the, like uh, there's, there has to be some kind of like, uh, censorship kind of thing going on in, during the eighties in Japan or something. Yeah. Where they like they weren't allowed to fully show certain things, but they could get away with other things. Like the same reason why like tentacle porn is a thing is because they weren't allowed yeah. to show dongs, but they could show tentacles. So, so it's it's there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Overall, you know, I I do I look as fondly on it as I used to. I haven't watched it after, you know, twenty five years. And I can say that I mean, I didn't not enjoy. Well, I did. There's parts I definitely didn't enjoy. And I was very mindful of like my surroundings while I was watching. Like, all right, I'm at the other end of the house. Oh, wait, there's footsteps coming. Pause. No, not there. Pause. Not that scene. But, you know, home TV button. off. Pause yeah. the TV off. It, it, was, it was almost like I was going... Like, <laughs> You know, like you're some teenager and like mom's coming down the hall. And you're like, oh, God, better flip the channel yeah, or something oh weird like that. So it had the same effect, I guess you could say. But I mean, overall, eh, it's, it's OK. It's an OK. I guess once you get past what it is, it's OK. Honestly, that's that's about the same kind of reaction I had. It's it's dated in terms of its um, uh, its messages toward the male like the uh the young male yeah. demographic it's very and by our and by our modern standards it's very dated yeah um and it's it's uncomfortable in several spots um and that's not even just like oh well horror is uncomfortable it's like no this is still pretty uncomfortable <laughs> even by horror standards yeah. like it this walks up to like, the edge yeah like this felt very like also i kind of got like very clive barkery kind of tone like just that like hypersexualization of horror um sort mm-hmm. of thing that like uh, a lot of like like hellraiser movies uh sort of have as well um but this one's taken a little i think just a little bit further than even some of the hellraiser movies um the twist at the end is interesting like as it's revealed that like taki and makia are the are the actual targets and and giuseppe was not and that was the, that was kind of interesting and i like the idea of like the setting um and even to a degree the idea of the para romance uh between them but like again there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff to unpack uh around some certain spots so yeah i i i didn't i I enjoyed the movie um outside of the um the uncomfortable scenes that popped up here and there (laughs) near especially and like like especially since most of like the really uncomfortable stuff happened at the second half of the movie um like they they definitely intensified um the uh the graphic nature of the body horror <laughs> the sexualized body horror that was going on and it was all very one-sided yeah exactly yeah the, yeah yeah and there's definitely it's definitely shows that it is geared toward a certain demographic yeah um more than the that, other so I, I yeah i think the story element of the pair of romance even though i mean that's that's a big genre in and of itself if you look at uh that kind of stuff. I, I remember going in like, I don't know if they got half price books up where you're at, but uh, 
like a large used bookstore and there's like whole sections of like para-romance and all that, which, you know, this is also, when I say that we're talking like, you know, Edward and Bella and Twilight. Yeah, I was, was going like to say that. like, that's the biggest, that's the biggest romance, like para-romance I can think of is, is the which Twilight. Their story. love story is literally the ugly duckling. I've told you that yeah. though, haven't I? Yes. yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I knew about that it, before the, that too. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it, it, that that was interesting. I've seen it done better. That if mm-hmm. if they were going to redo this, I would strongly urge them to like redo several different aspects of that that we have mentioned as being troubling. And I think it would make it a much better film. I think that yeah. if uh, you know, I I guess what I'm they our main characters had no agency. Yes. Yeah. No. They were. Yeah. You know, they were definitely being played by their by the. Uh, I, I would, even like they they even mentioned like at the end like so we were being played this entire time <laughs> mm-hmm. like they were literally f- like kind of put into this position to create a bond between them by their by their org- by their shadow organization and um, how did the shadow organization tag them mm, that we don't want to go down that road no i don't <laughs> no it's um yeah, no, it's definitely like I mean, again, paranormal stuff can work. It's just this one again is is definitely, I'd say, just kind of muddied by the the hentai aspect of of certain yeah. of, of Japanese anime culture, <laughs> which yeah, is definitely what happens here. Yeah, um, like I I'm almost morbidly curious to read the the book that this is inspired by because it is apparently a horror fa- dark fantasy, um. But I, I imagine if this is if the, if the, the anime, I don't think the the Hong Kong live action adaptation isn't. Uh, it actually it, it's there's some weirder things in it than the than the anime does. But it's also I think it's also much more tame compared to like like for like the sex scenes and stuff. Okay. Um. Thankfully, so. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think Machia actually gets like brutalized like in in the in the live action, but that might also just be because of the that country's own like censorships on like what they can and yeah. cannot show um but yeah i again like i said i'm i'm kind of morbidly curious as because the no, the the first three novels apparently were translated to english in 2001 or like around there um i'm just i'm i'm also worried of like how 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 much was pulled from the anime and or how much was was added to the anime and how much was like from the source material <laughs> yeah we're not going to win on this one on that one either yeah. way i don't think it's it's an issue of uh either it was jazzed up for the anime version or it's uh it could be, it's the same or perhaps it, even it, worse it's a sign of it's it's a, it's a it's a relic of its time and and it's and it's uh its author <laughs> yeah but there's sort of a lot thing. of animes that just aren't don't stand the, the the test of time. Like I used to love the series Great Teacher and Ozuke when I was a teenager, and all that. But you know, as I turn back and watch it, as you know, somebody you know twenty twenty some thirty years later, and then you know, it's that entire series is about this like really cool teacher that all the uh, the high school girls are in love with, and it's almost like he almost reciprocates it or encourages it or and maybe even yeah, the keyword that. grooming yeah um, all that kind of stuff and it just you, you know you it i didn't have that vocabulary i wasn't uh, you know there was it just definitely did not age well yeah there's there's definitely a side of anime that is very problematic um and and has been and we're just kind of now like 
maturing to it, I think. Yeah. Or like maturing out of that kind of phase, I think. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I'm not saying it wasn't always problematic. Like it, it, it certainly was always problematic. We just ignored it <laughs> until we got older and and more and maybe wiser. Yeah, older and wiser, and it became more mainstream, and like d- different standards were placed on it, and then there was like much more inclusion. I mean, I think Pokemon coming over to America in the late '90s was, uh, and then you had Dragon Ball Z, and like. Uh, over in America, we had the Cartoon Network and we had Toonami and things like that. Yeah. That, uh, you know, w- that market was opened up, and then the things that, that I'm sure things were, yeah. yeah, things were being made in Japan that weren't like this either. It just wasn't necessarily what was being shown overseas. There was like only a certain kind that we were shown. Yeah, because well, the thing about it is like anime in the Japanese culture is not the same as cartoons in art in, in the, in the West, like anime is treated. I feel a little bit more like a, like, like a TV broadcasting kind of thing. Like they, it's like their CW shows and like their, but also like all their other, like kind of programming and something like soap opera. Like they, they have whole animes that are soap operas or like they mm-hmm. have whole animes that are like similar. Like, whereas like we in the West tend to treat like, like cartoons as for children. Whereas anime like one of the allures from for uh for people from the west like getting into anime is that they don't treat it as as uh as just for children they treat it for all ages because there are animes uh for every different kind of age group mm-hmm. um and and different demographics like either side like you can uh, like there's there's animes that are geared toward young women older women or um young boys older boys and and guys stuff like that like there's whole like genres of that de- that, that are just demographic genres yeah um, like that's where like sh- uh the sojo and and sane um or sane and um uh, uh genres come from is that they basically literally mean like young boys or young girls yeah so um again yeah it's it, it's I think the thing that happened was like, uh, like a, with a lot of stuff that people watching them in from, from, uh, from the West coming, uh, getting these, these bootlegs and such, they were just grabbing whatever they could get because we were addicted to this stuff in, uh, in the nineties and two thousands. Yeah. And it didn't matter what we grabbed. <laughs> um, and unfortunately some of them were a lot more adult than they should have, than, than they are geared towards more to adults than they should have been for, the, yeah. for when we got them. Is, is there any, like, what can we take from this? What can we salvage from this particular anime that we could use in fiction or gaming or anything like that? Uh, That's, that sounds like a plot grower session or, or, uh, yeah. episode, or section. Um, <laughs> so, so welcome to plot growers uh, or our <laughs> kitchen or, or, or our kitchen segment, as we like to actually call it on Al Dente Mortis. Um, where we're just going to kind of like see what we can get from the ingredients that we have pulled from the, uh, from the, 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 the material that we have. So I've, I've come up with some things. Have you've come up, I assume you've also come up with some yeah. ideas. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely like the idea of like a secret world, dark, um, inner, interdimensional international intrigue plot like that, that we get like sort of like this, the two sides, Neither of them are evil or or good. They're they're just like there's 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 side there's different sides. Like there's there's actually like uh, there's gray areas, um, on either side of them. 
Um, but one is like the mundane human world that we're used to. And then one is this demon world or this like other world that's like al wholly alien to us. Um, and they're able to cross over to our reality as, uh, and such. So um, I, I could definitely see um, how I, I, could, I, I think I've read some creepypastas that are very similar to this. Um, and like really like there are creepypastas that you could definitely write with this sort of idea in mind, I think the, the SCP foundation basically has, has written whole, like whole ser whole canons that are basically this kind of plot line of like a, a, a secret. Uh oh. Okay. Sorry. I thought I heard. Uh, uh oh, no, we're good. He's, he's safe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the SCP foundation, I think has done similar things where like, they've made whole canons about like their interactions with otherworldly civilizations or, or entities or series of entities. Um, but for a gaming perspective and such, I could definitely see like using Shadowrun, um, or even like, and this you'll like this one, I think, Adam, uh, Knights Black Agents. Oh yeah, where you're you're playing basically you're running uh Blackguard style jobs, like basically alien slash demon slaying espionage. Mm -hmm. Um, because like that, like it feels very Shadowrunny to me. Um, it also feels very Knight Knights Black Agents to me because of like the idea of being. Jason Bourne, like like espionage spy agents, or like those kind of those kind of of like uh like um action thriller genre characters, and then throwing the supernatural into the uh, into the mix as well, yeah. like into the into the conspiracy. Um, given the and the other idea I had was given the i the uh, the the premise that is presented to us here that the Black Worlders are these dimensional creatures that are not actually human. On their on their side of things, like they look a lot more alien and like weird than than us, um, but they only assume a human guise when they come into our world, um, and we see the like some of their true like their true nature when they like met like when some of them metamorphize into like these the thing monsters, right? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of got an idea for like using the Mygo, um, or perhaps some wholly other original dimensional entity uh, that conceals itself among us um in like the mundane world uh for fodder for like a creep pasta or for a conspiratorial game again look at the knights black agents ideas and stuff but yeah like using the migo because the migo do the same kind of thing um like they are these very alien like crustacean fungusy like things maybe they might not even be their actual guys like their actual form but they will like construct um like servitors and like sort of representations for them for that will that are better more more familial to the human mind um so i could definitely see like uh playing with that kind of idea of like this um this a wholly alien creature um pr putting on a human guise to um and then but like learning a little bit more about like their alien world and their their actual true nature through a game or through a story um in fact, actually, I guess we kind of already are. are we, me and you have been kind of doing that in one of our uncle's games. Yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the uncle's games over at RPX. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. Uh, honestly thinking when you mentioned we were talking about that pararomance going on. Like we've even talked about in that game that we're playing. There's a otherworldly creature that uh, you'll have to listen to the episodes when they drop. But uh, they're <laughs> yeah, if I plug in something that it won't be in syndication for another three or four months. But uh, the 
we've even played with like the pararomance aspect of uh and these otherworldly creatures from other dimension or other i guess are those i don't know maybe you they're, they're, from they're, from they're, they're actually they they are actually from another dimension <laughs> okay so like they're from like a weird other space not just outer space but like yeah. from a weird space so but yeah i mean i <laughs> Again, I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and and uh, I just want to preface that we have not gone weird or squiggy or or like skeevy with that premise. Like, like and we will not movie. because and yeah, the... we will not be doing it because we have class. <laughs> um, kind of, I guess maybe. <laughs> I'm not waking up at eight a.m. on a Saturday to play sex games with you guys. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, exactly. Like, like take take the 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 core premise of, of this, but like, and 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 shred out the problematic shit. <laughs> that's that's kind of the. Uh, may um, I may I give you like I, I'm a jump in line right now if that's okay. Yeah. It, so you kind of mentioned me earlier what you were thinking for how one could ad- ad- adapt this, and I was thinking, well, I mean, obviously good choices. Knights Black Agents still were pick. Right there. I mean, you don't even have to have a world building campaign. I mean, you could go through killing that creature in one whole campaign, say se- one creature in a whole campaign session. And then, you know, you could be introduced to the conspiracy and stuff like that, which is really cool. Actually, Might I present to you? Yeah, go ahead. I, was just gonna, I actually just like it, it's kind of similar. Uh, again, maybe it's just because it's it's set in Japan, but um, the uh, Ross Payton's uh, from Roleplay Public Radio. His tribes of Tokyo, Knights uh, Black Agents campaign was is kind of similar in in terms of like the core ideas of like this organization and like the the mm-hmm. the agents that have to kind of con- contend with the supernatural force that's in Japan that they're dealing with. Yeah, but sorry, um, didn't mean to. And, and there's there's different bills for Knights Black Agents too. You could do your traditional vampire. You could do uh, like a genetic experimental kind of vampire, or you could do an alien kind of yeah. vampire. So uh, yeah, it's totally great, but I'm going to tell you, I've kind of been thinking, I've been reading the book off and on, but kids on bikes. So here's the, I'm redeeming this. Okay. In a short, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So here's the deal within, in the system, you have, uh, normal player characters. And then there is a like to use Stranger Things as an example. There's a eleven character that is used but not player controlled. Like so, there may be, you know, if you were doing a like a witchcraft game, you could have like the kids have befriended a, a you know a child or a teenager who is a witch or something like that, and you could use their abilities and stuff like that. It's kind of built into it, right? Yeah, and I. I'm not going to lie. I like romance and stories. I liked, uh, I mean, that's what I fell in love with when I played Final Fantasy VII was uh, the the cloud teeth. I wasn't, I wasn't in the heiress camp. Not not going to knock you people, but that wasn't, Ian's listening to this right now and he's swearing. But, <laughs> you're, you're Team Tifa? Not yeah, team I'm Team Tifa. He's Team Aerith. But, you know, I like those elements. So I was thinking, why couldn't you have one of these creatures that uh i don't know like you could even have it start out as like a monsters ink kind of thing to where this little boy is scared by this by her, by this creature in her true form mm-hmm. 
but you know they're kind of imprinted upon each other or they're kind of like their their paths are like cross like she eventually is wearing a human guise so to speak and you know maybe she's with her her family or whoever what organization maybe she's like one is supposed to rise to some kind of greatness or whatnot but then you have the the kids get reintroduced as yeah. uh with with a group of other kids you know what i mean kind of like stranger things has the one guy who 11 is kind of uh latched like, to or like yeah, yeah they're they're romantic they're, they're, they're a thing but you have others and yeah. i think it would be you know you have to handle these things with kind of kid gloves because obviously you're dealing with teenagers and kids and something like that but i say if you took this dark world and pulled lighter aspects or different aspects out and inserted it into like a stranger things kind of story or setting. That, yeah, I can definitely uh, see that. Sorry. I, I, I thought you were, no, I thought you were waiting for me to jump no, in. I'm, <laughs> no, please jump in. Cause I really don't have much more about it. I mean, I, I, I like the romance thing and all hmm. too, but go ahead. I'm kind of reminded of our discussion from way back when we did like the first anime Rigamortis and we did the, the three by three eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a similar you you met you you uh, suggested an, a similar like premise for kids on bikes where like the the kids have like uh this because again like it, it's it's three by three eyes to a degree like has similar kind of core ideas than wicked city does like yeah again a demon world full of like these creatures or these monster races um that interact with the modern mundane human world um, in various degrees, and again, like having a character who thinks that she's, or who who's very who appears human for the most part, but like has some supernatural uh, abilities as a result of her her monster heritage. Um, I yeah, I like that idea. Again, I'm I'm also kind of a sucker for like the more romantic kind of things when it comes to like uh, monsters and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I I like that idea. Like we could definitely like you could definitely have some. Uh, some interesting stories for like like involving that as long as you again like everyone at the tables like be cool <laughs> like don't don't go too too weird with this or yeah. don't go too too don't go too dark or or far with this like it's like yeah as long as like everybody's okay comfortable and stuff like that as well but mm-hmm. if you if you toned it down for that type of audience anyway i think it it takes care of itself unless yeah. somebody is not on the same page as everybody else and you you could have the creatures, the monsters. You could even have the government organization to borrow straight from like Stranger Things, that you know you're trying to maybe this this uh, alien girl has uh, ran away from her people as well, and that's like the whole plot that you're kind of working. People are out. There's ones that are out to kill her. There's ones that are out to return her, and you're kind of fighting both factions because you're kids. No, I, I get it. It's, it's it's very again. It's a very uh, '80s um, plot line. Like mm-hmm. ET is basically that plot line, but with plato- with a platonic uh, friendship or like relationship. ET, sir. Hmm? Yeah, ET the e- extraterrestrial. Sorry, thank Adam. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's required yeah. in my contract. He's got to say it like that for me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's weird. Like the last couple of weeks, like uh, we've been bringing up, like I am contractually obligated. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> in like a couple of our El Dente episodes. It's kind of it's just like a, an offhanded joke that's been popping up. But anyway. Um but yeah, uh, it's yeah, with with it's the same kind of premise. Like it's like that and like 
E.T. definitely, E.T. the Extraterrestrial um, was definitely mm-hmm. the, uh, I think, a jumping off point in the 80s for that kind of story being told because, like, a ton of movies popped up after E.T. the Extraterrestrial yeah. uh, <laughs> regarding that, like, premise um, because of how successful that movie was. Um, so, yeah, it, tur- yeah, it turns out people like, like, kind of uh, like varying degrees of para-romance. <laughs> so... Uh, and I, I would, I would probably, I would actually, I would count um, E.T. the Extraterrestrial as a para-romance, um, just on a platonic level, I think. Yeah. Um, and again, you could, that's, that's how you could play it in, um, in, in, in Kids on Bikes, again, like, or, or have, like, a little bit more romance to it, or just don't go wicked city levels of, 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 of creepy and dark. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, God. I think it would be, a, I, I would really like to see the live action versions just to see if they avoided all uh, the majority of that, uh, lecherousness. There is. Okay. I will, I will tease, uh, I'll, I'll tease, but I will spoil one, one, one particular weirdness in that movie. That's like mm-hmm. weirdly, they weirdly sexualize a pinball machine because there's a, demon pin a, a, a succubus pinball machine that this guy's playing and like getting seduced by and it's really fucking weird <laughs> like nothing really there's nothing like overtly like shown but there's just like this like the 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 pinball machine that he's playing he's getting really into it his his like his his shirt is like un, un unbuttoned as he's like like as he's just like hitting the buttons on the, on the pinball machine and there's a a female face on the pinball machine like kind of having like like having like high moments or like, like orgasmic moments on the on the screen but and it, it's it's clearly an actress inside <laughs> like poking her head through a hole in the pinball machine it is so weird <laughs> um do, do you have the who pinball wizard in your head right now <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure somebody has put that in, like put that scene to like like I, I don't I also want you to look it up, but look it up on YouTube. Pinball Demon, Wicked City. Oh my god. Um and, and you'll see it. It's it's so ridiculous. Again, there's nothing gratuitous there's nothing like they're they're not naked or anything like that. It's just there's it's just weirdly like just dry humping a pinball machine. It's so weird. Does the tilt go off on that and you lose your ball? I don't know. Oh, Never mind. <laughs> God. All right. Anyway. I think that's just where I got kicked off the show, guys. Uh, no, you're not getting kicked off the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is hell. You don't, you don't leave hell. <laughs> you know, um, to, to pull us back on the road here as we careen uh, you know, <laughs> toward the tree line, I, I can't really think of much more other than would be just reading it over and over. The the demon world's cool, or the yeah. you know the the other side is cool. The organization's cool. Um, if I were going to say anything else, like if you were doing a game that, but or I think the drama or the the this, the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and the decisions that are being made and negotiations that are going out are interesting, but I don't know if I could make an entire like hill folk drama system game to where about the intrigue of like inter like like an inter office or international like like basically it's yeah. like a UN like drama <laughs> like supernatural drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get you. Like it, 
I definitely think the the big like takeaway for like a game or like for a story is actually like what is pre- what what the core concept uh, what their core occupation is here, which are the black guard agents who deal with it's, it's kind of like the men in black actually like it's really just like it's uh-huh. the men in black but like with demons <laughs> or with like super what's with much more like weird supernatural alien creatures yeah than just like basic space aliens right so yeah agreed and um, yeah it wasn't as, as men in black men in black was very tongue-in-cheek but if you wanted to kind of borrow you know you could borrow from both of them and make something that's more serious but also has the potential for like funny comedic moments like monster of the week would be perfect for oh, this. Yeah. I mean, almost what we're doing right now is as you alluded to beforehand, which is not on an organizational scale, but I think it would be perfect as well. Like this yeah, could we, be, this is supernatural if you do it right. Oh yeah. No, for 100%. Like, I mean, in, in monster of the week, there is actually a playbook um, that I don't think any of you guys have done for the the uncle's games. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember it right. Now. I'm also like I'm actually it's sifting through my book right now. <laughs> um, it's professional, isn't it? Yeah, the professional. That's what it was. Um, and they they you have a kind of a built in um, like organization like like a bureaucratic organization uh, builder that you can like like as part of your character you build the you build an organization with the GM. Um, uh, uh, as well as your character and like give you like like how what's their relationship with the organization like are they on are they on good terms or are they getting like hit with red tape uh, of bureaucracy and stuff like that there's, there's like a monster's playbook and there there's, there's several different ones that uh, you know you could kind of shoehorn in there but yeah and, i would just steal yeah. the world like i feel like um Taki in this case, it, it, taking Monster of the Week and uh, like as an RPG, I think Taki was probably the professional. Um, and um, then and, and like if we're just go focusing on Taki, like and then at the end, once he leveled up enough, he basically took the pararomantic playbook, mm-hmm. um, which is from the uh, the Monster of the Week second uh, book, which was Tomes of Mystery or Tome of Mysteries. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I think I feel I really feel like that's the big thing to kind of grab from from Wicked City is just this like cool setting of like again supernatural espionage. <laughs> yeah. Um, like a human demon, uh, human email, uh, yeah, human demon uh, relations, like political relations, or like dealing with that kind of bureaucratic stuff, as well as like. But like on an action level, like a, like an action movie thriller or like an espionage movie, like the like James Bond sort of stuff. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to? I think I'm. I think I'm good. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It was fun. I appreciate the opportunity to join you on this. It was fun to rewatch this. I remember as I started watching it, my da- my daughter walks in like, "Daddy, what cartoon are you watching?" I go, "It's this. It's an adult cartoon." For adults, I, I, adult culture sounds worse when I say it like that. But I go, this is a, a cartoon for adults to watch. And it's like, oh, all right. And then she walked away. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> Dodged so, a bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's, yeah, it's 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 an it's an interesting movie. It's I, I was surprised how good it was and how competent it was in certain aspects of it. And then like 
there's just a lot of the you know gratuitous problematic scenes that are at the second half of the game uh, second half of the movie that but it it was so much i don't know man it was simple though and that's what i appreciated about it it was a simple straightforward boom but if you watch other animes from that time period like doom megalopolis or something like that i i can remember those as being more i don't I almost want to say convoluted and all that yeah, they, like this they, is a yeah, really simple one it was less of an art piece like kind of less of a philosophical art piece while still giving you some of that, but like it was definitely simpler than some animes have been with that with mm-hmm. premises like that. Like I tend, I feel like a lot of animes tend to like try to be think pieces as well, yeah. or at the very least, like have a have some kind of very bizarre philosophy that they're trying to get across. There's a lot um, of focus on world building, and whereas this one just says, "Hey, these guys are trying to get in here," yeah, that was the extent of it. Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's just because it, it is it like l- like any other adaptation from a novel. It's just like, hey, there's a lot of shit in the in the novel. We're just going to try and cram it into a, into an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it again, like I'm morbidly curious to see like what what was cut out of the con- like in terms of like the world building and stuff of that of of uh of the novel, but at the same time I'm also worried about like what was at what was what what of the problematic stuff is also from the novels. <laughs> so, yeah. But um I don't know, maybe one day I'll I'll uh I'll brave that morbid curiosity. But until then, <laughs> um <laughs> I guess that has been this week's episode. Yeah. I, uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh before we complete before I go and do uh, my whole long tie tribe of the outro. Um, where can people find you, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, sometimes after we finish recording, I've got to stop and go, hey, where can people find you, Review Cultists? Because uh, I forget to ask. So he's been a gracious host. Yes, um, my name's Adam. I do the Real Point Exchange. You can find us at www.realpointexchange.com. We also have a, uh, that's where the main podcast feed is. There's also a pod bean that I'm paying for, but I don't really put it out there. I kind of just use it for hosting. If you find it, probably better off looking for the webpage itself. Uh, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Roleplaying Exchange. And I also have a Twitter account, and it is at R-P-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E or R-P-Exchange. Well, I almost said dot com. What the fuck am I thinking? Been doing this for a while. Uh, also, it's okay. It, it's very late. <laughs> it it is, and we've done this for half the day. Yeah. If you are, you know, you love hearing these smooth, dulcet tones of mine, uh, and you would like to give me money to hear me speak more, we also have a Patreon. So anything you do, if you, you know, like what you hear of us, want to help us keep those dreaded hosting bills that we speak of so often in podcasting at bay, uh, we are at uh, patreon.com slash exchange and uh yeah that, i think that's about all my stuff all right um well i mean if you're listening to this uh please by all means leave us a comment in the comment section below where this gets posted whether it be on podbean facebook youtube tumblr um i'm on twitter at review cultist uh, you can also send us emails at aldente rigamortis at gmail.com. That's A L D E N T E R I G A M O R T I S at gmail.com, where you can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas, SCPs, spooky animes. Just guys, don't don't send me 
hentai <laughs> love god <laughs> um, uh or if if you do just know it might end up on uh behind a paywall because that's the only <laughs> way i'm going to be doing it <laughs> or i'm going to be i'm going to be that's the only way i'm going to be discussing it with somebody and i'll i'll be dragging adam with me <laughs> on that <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, send us a message there. Um, you're get a hold of us there. If you'd like to help support the show, much like RPX, uh, we also have a Patreon, as you probably have heard from uh, time and time again on the show. Uh, El Dente Rigor Mortis, it's on Patreon. Uh, we have $2 and $5 tier with special episodes, early access, extra content. And to our to our patrons that are already helping support the show, thank you immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as Adam copy-pasted for me, <laughs> Uh, we we very much appreciate that <laughs> um and to our listeners thank you immensely because without your listenership it would be like speaking into the void and being trapped in a time lock <laughs> um <laughs> so thank you immensely uh until next time i have been your host review cultist and i'm adam and this has been aldente rigamortis presents anime rigamortis for the last time of may 2021 Sleep well. Bye.